Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You show. Uh, we're super grateful for you listening to our show. We're, uh, gosh, we're coming up on a couple million downloads now. And that's not possible without all of you. Um, we are, I always say this, we are very husband-funded and mom-approved. Mama-approved. Hi, Mom. And um, we're just so grateful because when we have guests like who we have on today, we have Todd Stottlemyre on, the author of The Observer and former MLB pitcher and all, he's just cool. And so we have guests on like this. It's so meaningful that you're here with us and you embrace our guests and their book and their websites and everything. So um, ah, just a good, some cool moment. <laughs> it's, a, it's a take two, though, Todd, because our show cut off before. I'm going to say it out loud. So um, we're going to try to remember what we said before, but I, I'm going to say it. Um, yeah, we got cut off on our previous live show. So, Todd, welcome to um, take two of the best ever you show with, with Todd and Elizabeth. Well, let's just do it better. That's okay. I mean, one of the things about take two is you get to learn from take one, right? So, uh, Elizabeth, (laughs) let me just say that I'm humbled. I'm honored. Uh, You reached out to me. You asked me to be a guest on your show. I don't take that lightly, by the way. So I really, really appreciate being here. And uh, I just want to say to you, too, you know, congrats on all your success, you know, the millions of downloads and and, uh, everything that you're doing. And, by the way, I love I love the title of your show, Best Ever You. And I think, you know, that's really what it's about. And, and that's the, the cool thing about a retake is, is a retake is kind of like a reflection. is like, what can we do better? And, uh, you know, I, I just love that. So I'm humbled, I'm honored, and uh, grateful to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I, I love retakes too sometimes because you, you learn exactly. Um, although I, I – I, I'll be quiet in a minute here, but, you know, I loved what you were saying before, so we'll capture some of that again. But, you know, it was kind of, I said this before, it was kind of scary emailing you and asking you be, to be on the show because you, you when you do something like that, I typed in reset message a couple times because I'm like, oh, should I ask, should I not ask? And I'm like, you know, the worst thing he can say to me is, is no, I can't do that right now or whatever. And um, I'm so glad you said yes, though, because we have this moment because you said yes. Um, so Thank you very much for that, and I'm so humbled and honored and grateful too. the The words of praise are meaningful because um, I, I like you have had moments, you know, in my husband fundedness where I want to give up. Um, you know, you just say like, "Am I doing the right thing? Am I reaching the right people?" And I kind of feel the same way. Like, oh, I, I, I your messaging is so on point with all of the things I cherish. And so to me, this is just like this personal moment of like, I get to kind of sit back and like refine and learn a little bit more. I'll, I won't know what I don't know. And you can fill in some of my gaps from some of your experience. And I just think our community is going to love this. So um, you. Well, have I appreciate some- it. You know, it's, a, it's a crazy, you know, it's a crazy, you know, it's a crazy times. I mean, it's been challenging and it's been challenging for people 
this year in 2020 for for so many different reasons and uh you know obviously the the obvious ones right and and yeah. uh and you know with with so much out there on social media and and so many people challenging other people with their opinions with their thoughts or or with their emotions and 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 it's like this great challenge that is going on and and so many times i i i start to question myself and it's like you know is this worth it and am i reaching anyone and and you know i do everything i can to just be authentic with where i'm at my feelings you know my thoughts my emotions i love to tell people when i'm screwing up when i'm failing and how i'm trying to <laughs> fix too. it and yeah. and you know and sometimes it gets it, sometimes it gets you know lonely it's like is this even worth it and then somebody like you will reach out and say hey i love your messaging you want to come on my show and i'm like wow i guess this is this is okay or or somebody will say todd that's just the exact message i needed for this day or this moment or this week and thank you for posting and it's a great reminder and i got to tell you you know for the people that do you know go out and comment on different posts i'll tell you we need it and i know you need it too if you're on social yeah. media because it's validation to keep going with your messaging and and your authenticity and and uh, so I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you once again. I, I'm grateful to be here, and, and I'm looking forward to hanging out. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and and um, earlier you were talking about you know millions of dollars and this cool baseball job and all this stuff. And um, one of the things I did to start Best Ever You was kind of I wouldn't go millions of dollars, but a high enough income <laughs> to stay. Yeah, and I and I. I cold turkeyed that income, just stopped and decided to stay home with our four boys and do all things best ever you. And um, I've had to really remind myself along the way that not all success is measured in the almighty dollar. Oh, so true. You know, I'm such a believer and, and I know that, you know, and I'm an ambitious person and I love to challenge myself, but, uh, You know, there's so much more than money, although, you know, money is important. I don't want to make light of it, but um, that's not the measurement, you know, of of success. It's quality relationships. It's a strong foundation at home with your family. It's a spiritual life. It's a personal development. It's a growth plan. It's It's a lifestyle. It's health and fitness. And I say all the time, and I know it's very cliche, but, you know, with, you know, if you don't have your health, there is no wealth. And, and uh, you know, your health, you know, really um, today is, is, and you know, is probably the most important. And when you think about it, it's like you can't make money if you're not healthy. So if yeah. you're ambitious, you have big goals, and you want to make a lot of money, well, if you don't take care of you, then you're never going to get that place. So, you know, it's really understanding and really becoming the best version of yourself in so many different areas other than just money. Yeah, no, exactly. And so, okay, so you wrote this amazing book. It's called The Observer. And I I just want to learn all about why you wrote the book. And it's um, it's in pre-order mode right now. So we'll post all sorts of links to the book so you guys can, can pre-order your book. I know I, I pre-ordered a couple of them. And I'm, I'm excited to, to uh, have that in my hand. When does that actually get released? So I believe it's going to be released now December 29th, so right before the new year. Um, you know, one of the things I did, Elizabeth, that, that I thought was going to be a cool thing where I could really serve the people, too, was, you know, I started a book club. It's on Facebook. Uh, it's called
called The Observer, Modern Fable, The Mastering Thoughts and Emotions. And, and anyone can join that book club. It's totally 100% free. And, you know, the idea behind it was, you know, it's 37 chapters and, and over, and, you know, throughout 2021, I'm going to go in and do live videos, really explaining each chapter and how that chapter influenced my life, where those lessons come from. And, you know, the different things that's really important to me is, is that this book for people becomes a way of actually becoming their best selves. But, uh, you know, more importantly, you know, it's kind of like how this book even started for me. You know, I look back to 1993 and, you know, in 1993, you know, if you looked at my life, you know, and you were standing from the outside, people are like, wow, this guy's got it all. He's He's living out his childhood dream, a dream that started when I was a little kid roaming around Yankee Stadium when my father was a pitcher for the New York Yankees. I had this dream to follow in his footsteps and play Major League Baseball, and that was happening in 1993. But I was also a pitcher with the Toronto Blue Jays, and we just won our second world championship. Um, We were back-to-back world champions. I was making millions of dollars. I was in my 20s. I looked great from the outside, and like I say, the outside world, if you look at my life, you'd say, this guy has it all. Uh, There was one problem, and that problem was when I stared in the mirror, I couldn't stand the guy looking back at me. Matter of fact, I hated the guy looking back at me. I despised him. I didn't like what he stood for. And I was living, you know, quietly in a very dark space, and, and that dark space was full of sadness it was full of guilt and it was full of hate and it and it was an extension from 1981 and in 1981 I was 15 years old my little brother was 11 years old Uh, leukemia just attacked his body for the third time the doctors came to the family and said his only way for survival was was a bone marrow transplant and my blood matched his perfectly and and uh, you know I laid my body down they injected needles hundreds of times extracting the the marrow from my bones and then put, um, you know, put them into his body. And, and um, you know, at that time, it looked like it was, uh, was going to be a great recovery. Matter of fact, he was about two days away from being released from the hospital. Things were going great, and his body went into a coma. Uh, two days after that, he went on to heaven. And, and when I looked at my little brother that night, uh, on the night of his death, when I looked at him in his hospital bed, and, and as he'd taken his last breath, and and you know, I had I had that sadness. I was crushed. My little brother was was gone, but I had hate and I had guilt. And the hate was that I, I was mad. I was mad at the world. I was mad at God. My 11 year old brother. And, and for me at that time, it wasn't fair. And then and then being the being the person who gave him the bone marrow transplant, I had the guilt that it was my marrow that put him into a coma that eventually took his life. So I felt like I was the murderer of my little brother. And and I carried it. And I carried it for more than a decade into 1993. And and after that World Series, I got home and, you know, I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was tired of having the same thoughts and the same emotions and the same feelings and having the same outcomes. And, and here's what I would tell you is I didn't like how I was responding. I didn't like how I was I, – I, I thought I could be so much more on the baseball field. And I also thought I could be so much more in life off the field and – I just didn't like who I'd become, and, and uh, you know, I reached out, and, and I called uh, a guru in Major League Baseball. He was probably the greatest mindset coach, uh, for, and he'd worked with a lot of former ma- or a lot of Major League players and helped them throughout their careers, and, 
he wrote the mental game of baseball. And I reached out to this guy. His name was Harvey Dorfman. And I called him and I said, Harvey, this is Todd Stottlemyre. He says, I'd love to meet with you. And he, and Harvey said, Todd, I know who you are. And I've been waiting on your call. And I was like, wow, I am messed up. <laughs> and, um, no. you know, we got together in a hotel room. We spent 12 hours together. And in that first hour, I'll never forget, he asked me a question. He said, Todd, he says, would you do it again? He didn't have any idea, Elizabeth, what he was talking about. And I said, well, yeah. do what again? He says, well, would you give that bone marrow transplant to your little brother all over again? And I was like, man, I just, I started to ball like a yeah. baby. And I was like, man, I, I, Harvey, I'd do it every minute of every hour of every week and, and of every month. I'd do it over and over and over. And he says, well, didn't you already do everything you could do? And I said, yeah. And he says, and didn't you already give your little brother a bone marrow transplant? I said, yeah, Harvey, I did. And he, he got really close to my face and he got right in my face and he said, then let it go. Cause you've done everything you could do. And you're hanging on to yesterday's baggage, and yesterday's baggage is affecting who you are today, and not only who you are today, but who you're going to become is destroying your, your future. He says, you need to forgive yourself because you already laid your life down for your little brother. And we just bawled, and we bawled like babies, and we were hugging, and I was like, wow. And it was like this elephant was lifted off my shoulders, and I was like, he's right. I did everything I could do. There was nothing else left in my tank. There was nothing I could do. And, and, uh, and then he said to me, he said, but if you would have said no, I would have told you to change now to honor the defeat, to honor the struggle, to honor the setback. See, as human beings, we have a choice to change and become something more because of maybe something that's happened in the past instead of, Instead of what happens is we don't forgive ourselves or we don't forgive someone else. And when we don't forgive ourselves and we don't forgive ourselves or someone else, then we live in a prison of unforgiveness that we built. And it's destroying who we are today. And you can't be the best ever you carrying baggage from yesterday. And I needed to release that baggage and, and then in the last 30 minutes of that day, he put me on a seven-day challenge that really just changed my life, life and was became the making in this book. And he said, Todd, in the next seven days, he said, you're not allowed to react. He said, you can only document. He said, you can only document how you think and how you feel. You are not allowed to react. You're not allowed to respond to the challenges and the obstacles that get in your way in the next seven days. He said, you see, I need you to observe how you think, and how you feel. And that was the making of this book because at that moment, it was a life-changing principle for me. And, and, and that was the making of this book. And since 1993, I have been, I'll say, struggling and working at becoming the observer of my life because the observer lies right between a stimulus and a reaction. Think about our reaction today. It's like, Instead of trying to understand someone else, we try to tell them how they're wrong, and we begin, instead of loving them, we begin hating them, and that's where I was at in 1993, and, and because I lived in that darkness and in, in that lonely place, it was like this book has become, you know, went from being my mess to today because I've overcome it, because I'm getting better, and because I continue to work on becoming the observer and because I continue to work on becoming more of myself, 
um, this book is now my message to the world that, by the way, you don't have to hate. You don't have to have knee-jerk reactions that you're sorry for later. You can become better than that. I, I had to overcome it, and there's about 50 different models and and success models and principles in this book that I learned from other people. I learned from Hall of Famers. I learned from great managers like Cito Gasson in Canada and Tony LaRussa. And I, I learned from names. Hall of Fame teammates <laughs> that I had. And, and all yeah. of that is in this book through a story. And I, what I've done is I've weaved all of these messages uh, inside the story with some main characters. So, And by the way, for all the ladies, the main character is a lady. She's an entrepreneur yeah. and and I'm excited for, for people to get their hands on this book and read this book because it is my passion, and, it's be, and it has become and that passion has become my purpose, and that is to serve others. I am so happy that you didn't alienate us girls <laughs> because, you know, you could have written that guy book, you know, kind of thing. That's the one thing I noticed right off the bat. I'm like, oh, a softer, a softer approach you know, you can digest it and, and understand what you're saying. And it's super clear. And um, it's just so beautifully written. I'm, I'm so proud of this book. It's, it, it is, it's a game changer. Your game. Well, you already know that you're a game changer, but I mean, it's a game changer. It, it's, it's got mass appeal. I didn't, uh, I just love it. I appreciate so much. And, and, and it just truly, truly, I'm so passionate about it. And, and I'm so passionate about all the lessons in it and just how much, and and how much deeper we can take those lessons because people can make all of those lessons. They can take those, they can make them their own based on where they're at in their life. They can make those lessons. They can own them. They can become their own. And that's my hope. My hope is, that the the story, the models, the principles resonate with where people are. And I think that there's so many different facets. There's major success uh, in the book. So if that's you, then it's like, I still will sell you. I, th- I think this book <laughs> is for you because it's a way to keep climbing. If you're in a place of quiet desperation like I was and, and it's lonely, <laughs> this book's for you. If you're somewhere in between, I promise I've been in between the books for you. So, um, you know, I'll be so honored and humbled and, and for people to go out and pre-order this book because uh, we're going to do everything we can to create a movement. I have, I have a bunch of questions for you. Is that okay? Come on. <laughs> they're, just, they're going to be random. Okay. So with your dad being who your dad was and, you know, it could just be naturally assumed that, you know, you could just, follow in his footsteps and pitch and do all this stuff and, you know, be great and everything like that, you know, from the outside looking in kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. You, when, mm-hmm. when I hear you talk and I, and again, I've never met you, but I can't wait till I do <laughs> anyway, but I never met you, but um, you have no sense of like entitlement at all. You have worked nah. your rear end off for, I can tell, you have worked so hard for everything. Yeah, yeah you know, well, you know, my father was um, a legend in the game. Yeah. And, and rest in peace, Pops, because, you know, my father was my hero. Um, Who my father was my best friend. You know, he died a year ago, January. And, and um, we're going to cry about our dad, and, um, you know. My dad died too. Yeah. I just can't hardly handle it. You know, so, yeah. And deep he, breath. He passed. <sighs> 
after a 20 years. They're playing years, baseball up there, year. you know. <laughs> My dad just yeah, your dad. <laughs> yeah. My dad is such a baseball he, guy. Oh, you know, he had sorry. a he had a 20-year bout with multiple myeloma and, and uh, you know, was the greatest warrior uh, that I've ever witnessed. And and he was a hero. He was a father. He was a best friend. He was a coach. He was a mentor. And, and um, you know, and we just had to, you know, for my dad and my brothers and I, we just very unique relationship. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, so you know, that, that, that was a, <laughs> that was a difficult time, but, uh, and my father has a great, great name and, uh, he created a great name for himself, but he created a great name for our family. And, and because of that last name, there's no question that, um, did it help? Of course it helped. Um, but I would tell you that, um, you know, it'll help you get a door open, but it's not going to help you stay there and it's not going to help you become, the best version of yourself, you actually got to do it and you got to do the work. And, and I love that, uh, you know, when you kind of take a look and you start to take a look at our days, and I talk about this in the book, that what you do daily is a miniature version of how your life looks. And, 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 and you still got to go do the work. Doesn't matter where you came from. Matter of fact, I came from an incredible environment. I got incredible parents. Uh, you know, I think I've got the best parents in the world, and I've been blessed with great parents, living in a great environment, living in a place where you can dream. Maybe that's not you. <laughs> but today, it's like all of the greatness that I grew up in does nothing for me until I go do the work. And maybe yeah. for you, maybe you grew up in a place that was a dark environment. You don't have to stay there. See, it's going to be based on what are we going to do every single day because what we do daily is a miniature version of what our life looks like. And by the way, consistency of doing things day in and day out, that's the mother of mastery. It's not a last name. It's not an environment. At the end of the day, it's what are you going to do? So, um, you know, I appreciate that, Elizabeth. My father was, like I say, man, he was my hero. And uh, he left uh, he left some big shoes to follow in. And I just appreciate his life. And I'm so grateful um, that I got a chance to be his son. Yeah, I, I have. I've never heard anybody else refer to their dad as warrior. My dad had a quite a battle too as a stroke survivor from 2004 to 2018, and he. Um, mm. My book is really largely so is best ever you really, so largely based on um, him. Oh. Yeah, uh, he was a never give up guy and very, very ill. Yeah. He survived things that, you know, people shouldn't survive. And so, yeah, um, yeah I hope that it would be neat if they, if my dad got to meet your dad. Yeah, there you <laughs> there go. <and> there. <laughs> I would love that. They're looking oh, my God. Right now like I know. I hope so. Talking about, look at them two talking about us right now. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really cool. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, do you, um, well, okay, so take take me back to um, you as a little kid and a baseball in your hand. Did you know right off the bat, like, oh, I can throw this thing pretty well? <laughs> you know mm-hmm. kind of thing? Or was that not, you know, who, who were you as a little kid? And hold on, I have one more tie into that. Clearly, you're a fabulous writer. Did you know this about yourself, too? Like no, actually, yeah. This writing books and writing blogs, um, you know, that's a challenge. This is a big challenge. This is, you want to talk about 
um, getting out of your comfort zone. It's the <laughs> furthest thing from from my comfort zone, and and you know we laugh about it in in our house because it's like sometimes, you know, I I'll, I'll you know I'll go somewhere and speak to a company, and we laugh because I'll make up words that don't even exist in the dictionary, or I'll or I'll say <laughs> words wrong, and now and now here I am this writer. So we kind of laugh about that I am a writer, but it's kind of like. I don't care. I'm okay with it. And I'm okay if I, you know, if I mess a word up or a line up, I'm like just being myself and I'm okay being myself. And, you know, part of learning how to just truly be authentically me with not worried about the opinions of other people was growing up with my father because growing up in Yankee Stadium and having it <laughs> as a playground and, and the Monument Park in center field at Yankee Stadium is was like for my brothers and I was our monkey bars and but we were also told all along the way that we weren't like our father and what are we going to do when it works out so you know we we had to learn how to deal with the naysayers and the dream stealers and and we just hmm. understood that that was a part of it it was and for me for us it kind of came naturally because we grew up with a legendary father so and when i say it came naturally because it's all we ever heard that we weren't like our father. So um, other people's opinions, it was like, it was easy to, for us, it was easy to overcome. And, and, and my mother and my father, they did an incredible job always saying, Hey, don't be us, be you, be your best self, do whatever mm-hmm. you're going to do Just be the best you can at it. And it doesn't have to be, you know, what we've done. You guys need to be your own people. So you know, I had great training when I was a when I was a little kid and growing up, you know, in the baseball world. I had great training not not to listen to other people's opinions and 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 those other people's opinions sometimes are the people those opinions sometimes or the they become the enemy and that that enemy then steals the dreams from people. So, for me, writing and speaking sometimes when I make things up or words up because. Maybe I don't understand the full translation. We kind of laugh about it, but it's it's me living in a zone where I'm not comfortable. So based on that means I have to grow and I have to be okay and I have to, you know, which is why I'm an avid reader today. You know, I, I look, I read 30 minutes to an hour every single day and I'm just pile drive through books and 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 leadership books and 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 personal development books and things that are good for you because I want to keep learning. I want to keep growing. And I also want to keep pushing um, that comfort zone to be uncomfortable all the time because that's the place. That's where that champion's made. That's where the refinery process is. That's also the place where you kind of you get to know you <laughs> um, in a big way. I love being uncomfortable. I was so uncomfortable when I sent you that email. <laughs> no idea. I'm like, this is going to, I'm going to grow from this. I'm so uncomfortable. And I love that feeling because you know that you're going to learn something. You know, yeah, for sure. you can't, for sure. you can't not learn. Um, and, you know, I I have, I have, I love it when I have guests on and I have notes. <laughs> Thank you for all the notes. <laughs> um, when you were talking about your brother, Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I wondered if you've ever thought about, did you ever think that maybe you kept him alive longer than he would have been? You know, that would have been probably 
that would have probably been the right way to look at it, or that would might have been a way, a very mature way to look at it. As a 15-year-old, it never crossed. I promise you, it never crossed my, never crossed my mind, mind that that I gave him an extra week or an extra whatever. But you know, um, or an extra two weeks or whatever the time frame was. But uh, you know, I, I I focused. The problem was is I focused immediately on my negative response and feeling to it. And we know that whatever you focus on, and that was my focus, that's what grows. And as it grows, without healing, um, it continues to grow, continues to surface. So um, that's a great question. You know, no one ever asked me that question. And you know what? That's a great question. It also brings a smile to my face. So thank you for doing that today. (laughs) Good. We want smiles, not tears. Tears, you learn from tears, but I get it. And then when you were talking about reaching out to Harvey, which I love, did somebody, okay, so in order to do something like that, you have to either sometimes be forced to do it, like somebody says, you're going to sit down in this room and you're going to meet with this guy, and I don't care whether you you like it or not kind of thing, or you have to have really realized that you needed help or some gap in there of an open mind that you needed help. Well, a couple What things. was that moment? I, I'd heard, yeah, I'd heard all about him. And no one was forcing me or no one was saying, <laughs> hey, Todd, you need to go fix you. I would tell you what the messaging that I was getting was, you know, when you react to a certain situation, and then later it bothers you how you reacted, and you begin to lose sleep over that reaction, you know it's a you problem. Right. <laughs> it's not a yeah. them problem. It's, you know you realize that problem is lies within you. Um, you know, a guy that mentored me and became one of my best friends in the, in the sport was a guy by the name of Dave Stewart, and we were teammates <laughs> in 1993, um, and he was a four-time 20-game winner with the Oakland Athletics. Um, prior to that time and and immediately we hit it off and and it was after the 93 season prior to me calling Harvey I called Dave and Dave knew Harvey and he knew about Harvey and he also I think he I I think maybe David you know maybe had some discussions with Harvey before but um, everyone in the sport knew who Harvey Dorfman was because you know he was that great mindset guy that just helped guys um, level up their performance well I called Dave and because this, I had so much trust in, in his friendship and his mentorship. And I called him and I said, Dave, I said, I'm going to say a name and I want you to respond with the first thing that comes to your mind. I said, I don't want you to think about it. I just want you to respond. And he says, okay, no problem. And I said, Dave, I said, Harvey Dorfman. And Dave said, call him now. And I said, <laughs> thanks, buddy. I got to go. I hung up the phone with Dave Stewart, and I called Harvey Dorfman that day. <laughs> yeah. What do you think – where do you think you would be right now in this moment if you hadn't done that? Scary. Um, you know, I was I was headed – you know, I was a ticking time bomb. Um, and, what do you mean by you know, that? Do you mean like with like – you, like with alcohol – like with substances and no, things like that? Or like with, just – oh, okay. Yeah, not with substance, you know. Yeah. I you, you don't know, strike again, me as I that at all. Most, yeah. No, I had the most incredible upbringing, but uh, yeah. you know, so I'm very fortunate because of that. And and uh, no, substance I'm, free I'm, here too. Time, thank you. Yay. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was times, Elizabeth, I would get so mad that I would black out. Really? That I couldn't remember what had just happened. That's how, that's, that's how mad I was. That's how much hate I was living with. That's how much guilt I was living with. That it would, that it would come to a surface to where literally um, time would pass and then looking back, I wasn't quite 100% sure what had just happened. And here was mm-hmm. the problem. It was at a place where I didn't want to be. And because it was at a place, and when I say a place, I don't mean a physical place. I'm talking about an emotional place and a mental place I didn't want to be. I knew. I was like, I was tired of feeling that. I was tired of it. I was just so, you know, it's like people change. When they get sick and tired of it, when you just get so sick and tired of it is when you say, hey, <laughs> um, you know, the the pain and change is less than the pain that I'm living in now. This is when this is when this happens, right? And and that mm-hmm. I was at that breaking point for me. Did you? Um, okay, so I there, so we have a common financial services background because um, mm-hmm. my so my husband's a federal security lawyer. And uh, we own a company called Compliance Force. So we do chief compliance officer stuff and everything for mutual funds and all that good stuff that you, I think, know. Um, how did you go to, from baseball to that, can you, like, did, did you make a decision to, like, okay, I don't want to do baseball anymore? Or how, how did you well, transition like that? What, base, yeah, in my baseball career, I got to a point where I just, I couldn't perform and I'd gone through some injuries and, and okay. I couldn't, I couldn't stay healthy, get healthy, get back to the field. So I knew, you know, I knew I'd left it all on the field and, and that was, uh, you know, um, so it was easy for me to walk away because I knew I left every pitch on the field. So, you know, I wasn't the guy who left the game thinking he could still perform at that level. I knew my performance was over. I had no idea what I was going to do next. Matter of fact, okay. You know, I, had a lot <laughs> I of wondered, jobs. it's like, do you coach? Yeah. What do you do with that? No, you know what? I had a lot of jobs. I love. First of all, I, I love the market. I was a student of the stock market. I was a student of how things worked. I read a lot of books. Read a lot of Warren Buffett books. You know, I've been mm-hmm. an avid reader, like I said before, and and read Peter Lynch. I read his books when he ran the Magellan Fund. You know, goes way back. And and uh, but. I still didn't really have an aspiration so much to get into the field, but, uh, you know, when I was, I just wanted to take some time off and, and I had, you know, I was lucky. I was being blessed where I was being offered a lot of jobs in the sport and I turned them down and, and wanted to be a dad. You know, I've been in, in the major league baseball at that time, basically my whole life growing up with my father and then having my career. And I wanted to step away. I wanted to be a dad. Our family was young and, and, uh, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to eat dinner with my kids and, and yeah. I wanted to be able to take them to school and, and I wanted to be home and I wanted to be, uh, um, you know, I wanted to be somebody in their lives. So, and with the baseball world, uh, um, you know, it's like traveling all the time and all that. And I was ready to walk away. So, uh, it just so happened though, that my neighbor was a director at a wall street firm and, and after being off for about six months, he says, hey, man, he says, why don't you come into the office? I'd love to talk to you about working here. And I was like, wow, I never actually never really thought about it. And, and what I found out was we'd had dinner um, 
you know, a couple nights prior to that, and my wife had invited him over, and, and I think my wife was trying to get me a job to get out of the house, to be honest with you. And <laughs> and, uh, and and anyways, and because she, she kept mentioning, you know, Todd would be great in there with you guys and at dinner, and I was like, will you stop with that? It's like, and what was funny is, is I actually went Sorry. to his office to hang out with him and with no intention. And I left there with a job cool. and I was like, all right, I'm going to go do this. And, and it was fun for me. And, and I learned a lot and I spent five years there and, and had to go do my, you know, take the series seven tests and blue sky and took insurance. <laughs> yeah. You know, I did all of those testing and, and I did it all in four months. And, and I was, I used to laugh. I was like, this is the first time I've actually studied where I cared about what I was studying. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and school wasn't being jammed down my throat. I was actually studying something I was going to go into. So uh, I went, I did like I did in my baseball career. I went all in and just went for it and uh, wasn't comfortable because I didn't know I had everything to learn. I was a rookie all over again. And, uh, you know, we built an incredible team there and, and we did some great things. But, I, you know, once again, I got to a place there after about five years where, you know, I woke up one morning and said, you know, I'm not going to go to an office for the rest of my life. Um, so today will be my last day. And I didn't know what I was going to do next. And, and I didn't care. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to go. Now, I'll say this because I don't want the audience to get the wrong messages. Right. Messaging. A lot of people tell people, hey, if you don't like what you're doing, just leave. I'm like, no, you, you may have to stay doing something you don't want to do to pay the bills. <laughs> so don't right. just leave. Don't just do I, I would say that too. Like, don't just do that. Yeah. So financially, we were great, you know, and I, and and we were in a good place because I was, you know, played 15 years in Major League Baseball, and I always laugh and say, hey, listen, I was overpaid for 15 years, and we were great stewards of our money. So financially, I wasn't working because I needed it financially. I was working because I needed to grow and I needed to move on to something else, and, and you know, and uh, but. Once again, you know, like I say, five years in, I was like, I'm going to go do something else. And even though I didn't know, I just, hey, look, <laughs> it's okay not knowing. Just go try different things. And that's what I tell my, it's the message I tell my kids. I'm 55 today. Listen, we're building new companies. We started new companies this year. And we started companies that two, three years ago, I would have never dreamed I would even be involved in those industries. And mm-hmm. I tell people, man, keep exploring, keep pushing and and the other thing that kind of goes hand in hand with that, Elizabeth, is when you grow you, when you work on you, because success is an inside game, and the door to success swings from inside out. So when you work on you, there are opportunities then that show up. By the way, they were always there. They were waiting on, for you, they were waiting on you to grow to see those opportunities, though. And that's been my whole life. I just keep growing. New things keep <laughs> popping up. And it's an exciting place to be. Yeah, li- lifelong learning for sure. Um, I, was, I was thinking as you were talking, you, you talked about your, your kids for a minute. I was thinking about when our littlest one, his name is Quade. When he entered uh, first grade, I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to go get a job. I can't wait. You know, I'm going to get my suit on and my heels on. And out the door I go. And I got out the door. And uh, I lasted probably about eight months or so. And it was really interesting because I'm a, I'm a mom of four sons. And I was mm-hmm. in an office of four guys arguing, four brothers arguing. 
And I was like, oh, no, because my our kids don't argue. They're like their own little team. And um, we've got no arguments like that. And these guys were just duking it out. And so I closed my door. And on my really nice desk, I wrote, there's got to be something better than this. Best ever you. And I quit. <laughs> wow. And I, and I, I second your thought there about like not quitting unless you've kind of got like a, like I, if I, if I needed that job a little more, I might've had to stay there and kind of sort of suck it up. But um, I was able to quit and I, and I quit and I came home and I'm like, okay, I'm not doing that. And I took my little piece of paper down the street to my neighbor who was just starting like a little graphic design website thing. And I said, do you know what a domain is? <laughs> I'm like, I need this registered. And I have no idea what I'm talking about or do. I don't even know what a website is really. She's like, I gotcha. And we started Best Ever You. And I interviewed my um, my friend from kindergarten. Her name is Kathy Papera. She at the time was sewing baby bibs at her kitchen table as a business, multi-million dollar business, sewing baby bibs. And um, and that's and that's like what I want. Where I was going with that, and hoping you would chime in is, can you talk about like following your passion and your dream in the face of people telling you that you've lost your marbles? Because I came home, my family was really cool, but boy, everybody throughout the first year and a half of owning this company, people were like, go get a real job. What are you doing? And then I got one really nasty phone call um, from some guy. I later learned he wanted the domain, but he said, you're nothing but a washed up soccer mom. And I'm like, dude, my (laughs) kids don't play soccer. They play baseball. (laughs) You know, kind of thing. But have you ever had that? The first, you know, when I'm listening to, you know, the first thing I thought is you, you didn't actually quit. You progressed. Past where you were, and it was time to walk time to walk away so you could become who you're supposed to become. You see, quitting for me is when you have a dream and you have a passion, and then you stop pursuing your passion and your dream because of point. someone else or because you get stuck. You see, you found you're in a place where you were like, man, there's more to it than this. And you had progressed, you had grown past the opportunity to have that job, and you needed to move on. So that's not actually quitting. And people, you know, they'll Good say, point. Todd, well, you quit. You quit working for that firm. I said, no, I grew past it. I progressed. I needed, uh-huh. to, go do, I needed to go do something else. No. I needed to go challenge myself again. I needed to go pursue things where I couldn't wait to wake up and get to. And it's like, look. The second you can't wait to get to your job, then that's all it is, is a job. And it's a means to pay bills. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, that's okay. But it's not okay to get for the rest of your life. So as you're working there, on, on the side, pursue your passions, your dreams, start working at it. And when your pursuit of the dream, when you financially you can take care of yourself with that, it gives you a clean slate to do a walk away. Because I know some people just walk away and the next month they can't pay the mortgage. And I'm like, what are you doing? And you say, well, you said if you're not doing this, to walk away. I said, no, 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 that's no, not no, what no, I no, said. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so I, I want to be clear, especially for the audience, because, you know, at the same time, it's like, keep pursuing, keep growing. It's like, look, you know, um, 
I, I never thought I'd write a. Uh, I never thought I would write a book. This is my second book. Get, I, I have I have all kinds of thoughts for a third book right now. <laughs> the reason I do is because I'm growing through and in depth and past the last book. See, if you don't evolve and you don't grow, you don't you don't see, you don't witness your your mind doesn't open up to what's available. So I, I think growing and evolving, and but it's not it's not quitting. Now, once again, I'll I'll say this, and in closing on this is that if you're in the middle of your dream, it's hard. It's because it's supposed to be, because everything's hard. You see, you're gonna have. Oh, to that decide. is so good. Wait, say that one more time. Wait, 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 wait. Go back, go back, go back. Say that Listen, one more time. If you're in the middle of your dream and it's hard, it's supposed to be because everything's hard. I want you to think about something for a second. See, you're going to have to pick your pain. So I'll give you an example. It's painful to be out of shape. Your joints hurt a little more. You don't have quite the energy. You're not very active. That's painful. But guess what? It's also painful to get in great shape. What you're going to have to do is pick your pain. But I'm going to tell you something. When you pick your dream, I want you to know, as you pick your dream, it's going to be painful, and that's okay. That's the way it's supposed to be. And it's supposed to be painful for you to be so that you're not defined by the pain, but you're refined by the pain so you can get better so you can move past it. This is our way to achieve in that. But it's going to be painful. I love that. Oh, I'm going to listen to that back so many times. That was so helpful. Now that I needed to hear today and tomorrow. The other thing I'll say that goes that. along with that, Elizabeth. Yes. The other thing I'll say that goes, that goes along with that, you got to be 100% in. Go, oh, don't See, you? <laughs> or 150 in. You're 99% in is 100% out. Yeah. So for all the married folks, just imagine telling your spouse, hey, I'm 99% in on this deal. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope. You're going to be 100% out when you make that comment. <laughs> you see, and that goes with your dreams. That goes yep. with your life. Look, you got to be 100% in. That's why when I tell people, they say, I said, tell me your dreams. And I say, do you own them? And they look at me like, what do you mean? I say, do you own them? Is that your dream or did someone place that dream on you? Are you 100% sold out on that's your dream and you're going to plant your flag and you're going to decide I'm going to own this? Which is kind of like, you know, I had the saying that when I was tested, when my dream was tested in 1989, I said, I'm going to go all in. And if I fail, I'm going to fail in front of the world. But if I win, the world's going to watch me. See, I want you to own it that way, that if I fail, that's fine. Everyone's going to watch me fail. But if I win, they're going to watch me win. I want, when you own it, when you sold out to it, when you can get to that point, everything becomes possible. Everything. That's what the observer is about. That's what this book is about. It's about turning today's impossibles into tomorrow's possibles. I love it. 
And just sit with that for just like a second. That That is just absolutely such great wisdom. Um, do you, do you, do you have any fear of anything? Or, and um, is there anything you're just, this is just a fun, this is meant to be fun. Is there anything you're really bad at? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just a, meant to be I'm, just a fun I'm, uh, kind of You know what's funny is I'm thinking about, I've been thinking about and, and about pushing myself to do an Ironman. And, oh. uh, and I have an artificial hip today and I've had three knee surgeries and I've had a hernia surgery and I'm like, okay, I got to figure out a way to get this body through a 26 mile run. And then I thought, well, you got to do a swim and, and, and man, I'm not a good swimmer. Matter of fact, I swim like a wounded duck. <laughs> and, uh, and so, okay, I'm not a very good runner. I'm a terrible swimmer. And I'm like, okay, I'm pretty comfortable on a bike, but that's only one of three. And I thought, well, here's the coolness when I look at that. That I'll, I'll, that'll be such a huge challenge for me to, to be able to achieve that because of what I'm going to have to go through in order to achieve it. Let me say that again. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be so difficult for me to achieve that because of what I'm going to have to go through to achieve it. I already know. It's going to be, will there be some pain? Whoo, there's going to be some pain. Oh, yeah. It's going to is, be am I going to be uncomfortable? For me to swim across the pool is uncomfortable. Yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. Well, how about running? Listen, if I run a mile, I'm like, my body's beat up. How am I going to do 26? Here's what I would tell you. If I, if I decide and go all in and own it, I'll find a way. <laughs> we'll find a way. See, I don't need to know the how-to. I just need to know why I'm going to go do it. That's the first thing. And you see, if I can figure out why I'm going to go do something, I can give it enough meaning. The how-to, it'll figure itself out. But by the way, I'll go back to what I said earlier. Will it be painful? Of course. Why? Because growth is painful. It's painful. It's also, it's also once again, to be painful and not grow. Whew, I don't want that kind of pain. That pain comes yeah. with regret. And regret weighs tons. Hmm. We were just having this conversation this morning of the of the um my my friend who's kind of like co all things best ever you. Um we met randomly earlier this year in a group of like 300,000 women on Facebook to learn Zoom because neither one of us knew it. And I'm 51 and she's 43 and I mean really truly randomly in a group of 300,000 people and we discovered, you know, right down to having the same middle name, we're like two peas in a pod. And um We've written a journal together, and we've done all these cool things together. And we were talking about how our 2021 is going to be making ourselves seriously uncomfortable health-wise, because we're both decently uncomfortable health-wise right now. And I'm, and I'm like, we're going to have to really put down the Oreos and get really uncomfortable. It's going to suck, completely suck to do what we want to do. And we were talking about how we, how neither one of us this morning felt ready. We were feeling like you said like about 99% there, but boy, when that, that, um, the switch flips to the hundred percent, look out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of where I'm at with this Ironman. I'm like, okay, am I a hundred percent in? Well, not until I book it, not until I, <laughs> yeah. right. But once yeah, I book I know. it, flag is in the ground, you know? 
so far, here's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm pontificating. I'm like looking at it. I'm like, well, where do I want to do the race at? And what time of year? So I'm playing around with the idea, right? But once I book it, I'll go tell everyone, I'm training for an Ironman, training for an Ironman. I'm training for an Ironman. And I'll tell them that because every time I speak it, those words will hold me accountable to doing the work to get it done too. Now, that doesn't work for everyone, but that works for me. <laughs> yeah, it works you for know, us, too. So. We're like, okay, once we open our mouth, it's over. We're going to, you know, both have lost whatever weight you need to lose. And it wasn't so much about losing weight. It was about um, toned, like really actually toned. And I'm not – I'm an old gymnast um, for years and years and years. So running, like as you were saying, I get to whatever you said, run and swim and bike and I'm like, oh. Uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and I'm like, my arthritic body about the my three choices there would be maybe the swimming, but running is like a form of like I I admire people who can run those marathons. It's like, how do yeah. you actually do so that? Cool. I I I put on a cool outfit, leave the house, and get about halfway down the street, and I'm like, yep, I'm gonna walk. <laughs> I hope nobody <Yeah>. saw that. <laughs> so um. Yeah, that's cool. And do you think, like, being a former professional athlete, are you, at, like, at an advantage to, like, know how to get in shape for something like that? Like, No, you know, it's like... a different animal. I mean, okay. I would like to – I wish I would tell you yes. I, I think the only thing a professional athlete that helps me is, is that, by nature, we're competitive people. Um, right. That's the only way to get to that, you know, that place in your life. But uh, – so, you know, once again, once the decision's made, and then it's about me competing against me. And, and it reminds me of another lesson. It's like, you know, you know, so many people will go run a race and they'll compete against everyone else. And, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to go compete no, no, against no. me. Yeah. And it's in business, it's the same way. I'm not looking across the street. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to compete against me. And the reason I compete against me is because I don't want someone else raising or lowering the bar for me. So I don't want to oh. compete against them. Wait a minute. I need to hear that again. You Maybe see, when I compete against someone else and, and I say, hey, well, they're the best, well, then they've raised the bar. But if I compete against me and I say, I'm just going to go be the best that I can be, yeah. I'm going to lay it all on the line, then I'm going to raise and lower the bar from my possibility. I don't want someone else doing it. Huh. That's good. Yeah, I've heard you – know, I, I say that a lot too. Like, you know, the only person you're really competing with is, you know, technically yourself – but I've never heard the raise sure. or lower the bar. That I love that. That's a that's an added um, thought on that. Okay, do you have five more minutes? Just a little bit more time. Yep. Can I keep you Absolutely. a little bit more? Okay. Um, because I really want to thank you. By the way, um, I really want to ask you about self love, self worth. All our favorite words. I think accountability, responsibility, yeah. values, goals, beliefs. And like lining that all up to take action. Yeah, um, the challenge is alignment. And you know, I'm like, uh, I love to sit down with people and say, okay, well, what do you value? And they say, well, you know, I value uh, God first, family second, uh, getting in, you know, being healthy. Uh, I value uh, my career, my job, my work. I value taking great vacation, whatever your values are. I'm just making stuff up here, but I'm just saying it's like 
whatever your values are, what do you truly value when you look at your life? Now, the question is, are you aligned? Are you living that? Are you living those values? I mean, are you taking the trips that you want to trip? Are you taking the trips you want to take? Did, did you put enough value there? Uh, are you living the life you want to live? Um, do you have the, the belief system and the mindset that you have? What are you, you know, so I look at values and, I, and, and it's like character. It's like if you say, well, I value hard work, but when no one's watching, you do nothing. It's like, do you hmm. truly value it? And, and then it kind of leans over to character. Who are you really? <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, to me, the measure of character is what you do when you're alone, when you're by yourself, your trueness. Uh, another test of character is when things get rough. How do you respond? And it was my issue. It was like I didn't like my responses. I didn't like who I was. I didn't like my character. And and I needed help with that. And and, and it goes back to the book, The Observer. And, and in the book, The Observer, there's a true an alignment that happens for the main character. See, because the main character has great success, but then she falls. Now, the question is, is how does she pick herself back up again? It's with aligning to our to who we are, to our passions, to our purpose, to our values, um, and it and it's getting aligned that that's what we do. This is becoming you know aware and creating this awareness field around right. It's like what do I yeah. stand for, and and what do I stand for. Um, not, and, and you know, so many people say what you, what they think you want to hear instead of how they really feel. I want to know how you feel. Don't forget about what you think I want to hear because I don't even know what I want to hear. Just tell me how you <laughs> yeah. feel. I want to try to understand how you feel. I want to understand who you are. I don't want to guess who you are based on what you tell me because based on what you tell me is what you think I want to hear. Forget about what you think I want to hear. Let's just get real. And by yeah. the way, man, that's a cool that, – that, Elizabeth, that's a cool place to be. You know, it's interesting. No, yeah, and as you said cool, I wrote down cool. We're not going to – and am I allowed to keep you over just a little – I have to, I have like – Three more yeah. things I want to ask you, and I'm like, oh, I need yeah, to ask go, them this. Go, okay, okay, because yeah, as go. you were, it was funny as you said, cool place to be. I wrote down cool, and okay, so my next book is called the Change Guidebook, and the word align is in it. It's called How to Align Your Heart, Your Truth, and Your Energy, and that's in the works. And that is, I, I hope I'm hope for, like praying you're going to write the foreword or something to this book because you're saying you everything. Go. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. Okay, please, um, and then. Do your kids think you're cool? Do you have the same problem I have? <laughs> uh, they probably don't. Um, you know, <laughs> and that, and by the way, um, really... you know, it's, that's a natural thing, right? It's like, oh, dad, oh, dad, you oh, know, there he goes yeah. again, you know. You know, <laughs> yeah. if one of my kids ever says, well, I, you know, I can't, I'm like, whoa, 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 time out. Well, yeah. I say, <sighs> you know, 180 degree mindset. What's the total opposite of I can't? His I can. I said, hey, if you keep telling yourself you can't, then you can't. You're going to prove that you can't. But if you tell yourself you're, you can, you'll find, you'll find the way to an I can. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. 
And if you say, I can't, you also find the way to I can't. You're going to prove it either or the way. And they're like, oh, dad, oh, dad. You know, so complete with the eye roll. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably not too cool, but that's okay. You know, uh, you know what is really neat for me is, uh, you know, they go through their, they're going to go through their stages and their moments and, you know, everything that's important to them. And, and, you know, my belief is let them be them. And, you know, instead of me talk down to my children, I actually try to talk less and listen more. I love so that too. instead of me trying to tell them everything I know, I want to listen to understand everything that they might be going through. See, I think it puts us more on a level playing field. I think, you know, it's so easy as a parent and, and it's natural because we, we, we think, man, we've already done that. We've been through that. Hey, let me tell you what's getting ready to happen. And they're like, they don't want to hear it. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I, I have the, I have, you know, we sit down at the dinner table and I try to speak as little as often, but try to listen as much as I can. I want to give them a voice and I want them to know they have power in their voice to be Mm -hmm. themselves. Yeah. In five kids, right? So five five children. Yeah. Yeah. Ages five to 25. Five to 25. We don't quit anything we believe in. (laughs) (laughs) and um, one of the things I'll say to our kids is because I kind of pride myself on them being smarter than I am I'm like okay you go fly do your thing you know kind of thing like you listen more you know I'm not like that condescending like I know so do what I say kind of person yeah and so one of the things I say is you know like if I can kind of see it I'll say something my mileage comment will come in I'll be like you know I may not be smarter than you, but in like this one tiny thing, I might have a little more mileage. And then the ears yeah. perk up <laughs> a little bit. And then I'm like, but you know, but, and it's, and it's kind of like that, but I still, I kind of do what you do. You know, you're listening way more than you're, than you're chatting about. Cause they don't, you know, I think, um, did I, you see this one? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I'll tell you a fun exercise. We get to the dinner table. We call it the grateful game. And it goes clockwise. Yeah. And it's like you just, everyone goes around, what are you grateful for? Like right now, right in this moment, what comes to your mind or your, you know, your heart or your mind? It's like, what are you grateful for? And everyone just starts going around. And we just keep going. And it's like, let's go around again. And then let's go around again. And we oh, just kind of keep going until, we, until we're worn out sometimes or until it's like, okay, we've gotten to a point and it's like, hey, let's all eat now. And it's like, you know, when you're expressing what you're grateful for, It'll start to tell you kind of where you are. And it's kind of like, you know, one of the things, and gratefulness is a big deal to me. Matter of fact, I write about it a lot in The Observer and and because it's life-changing. And it's like, you know, I used to be that guy. Oh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. No, there's a difference between being grateful and being intentionally grateful. Yeah. The practice of an intentional gratefulness truly takes you to a moment where you appreciate exactly where you are. And, and, and it's like, you start to figure out, it's like, and by the way, I also will say this, the face of gratefulness, when you're intentionally grateful daily, the face of gratefulness will show up when you need it the most. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. yeah. It'll show, it'll show up exactly. 
exactly when it's exactly yeah no oh that is so cool yeah our kids were raised with a on their fridge it's i wrote hashtag gratitude it hung there it's still there there forever and our well say something the kids will go hashtag gratitude mom you know they'll remind and everything and then the other saying they were raised with was be be careful when you follow the masses for sometimes the m is silent Mm. (laughs) it's on there those two things are on the fridge on the left side and um yeah okay do you um i know we gotta go please come back Please come back yeah, on this radio time. show. I would we'll love to have you on here. And we can do shorter shows. I feel like we could do a parenting show even with nine kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, what I would, what I would, lo- I would love for you to look at this one thing I wrote because I think your perspective would be so cool. And it's called the five intangibles. Mm. Would you look at that for me? I would love for you to send it to me. Okay, cool. And that's, I, I just realized I said that live on the air, but whatever. Um, there's, I think that I've been looking for somebody for so long in sports to kind of look at what I wrote based on our son going through um, baseball, like going from Little League to college baseball. And what I noticed as, I, as we would go to different places was that what separated people, and this is, I'm going to mom this up, so bear with me. What I That's noticed okay. with separated people wasn't really how fast you could throw anything or where it went or how fast you ran around the bases or how far your home run went or whatever, but it was character. Were you a nice person? Were you kind to the core? Were you self-motivated and driven? You know, I wrote it all down, and I never really did anything with it. It kind of exists, but I ha- I've not. I lack the. Sometimes you lack a little bit of the confidence in what you've written because you know I wrote it in like an athlete setting, and I'm like, I am an old gymnast. I get it. I had all these things I did too, but it's it to me, like all you can put everything out on the line with all these different people with all the different things, but there's a like a a little tinge of behavior in some way that sets somebody apart. And that was one of the, that's what I noticed about you with those cool awards you've won. Well, they, uh, you know, I was. Did that make any sense, by the way? Please correct me. Yeah, no, and I can't wait to to dig deeper into it. But, uh, you know, you know, I was blessed uh, to to win and uh, the Lou Gehrig award and uh and um that you know that award is you know for the oh, player who typifies character right yeah. Lou Gehrig and I was like wow that means so much to me especially growing up around Yankee Stadium and Lou Gehrig was a Yankee and then the Branch Rickey award that you know it's the motto is service above self and I was like someone sees those qualities in me and they said here we're going to give you this award because of these qualities and and um, you yeah. know, I don't, I don't know <laughs> um, if I was being intentional and and about that. I, I think that it was a part of how I was brought up with my mother and yep. father, and, and you know, it was kind of and 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 I was just being true. So I'm grateful. I love these. They're my two favorite awards. You know, um, that so are per- cool. Personal awards because. Someone else said, because of who you are, we're going to 
or because of what you've done or because of what you stand for. And that's always a reminder that says, wow, I must be doing something right. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, so that's fun. But uh, I would tell you that, you know, talking about awards and character and all this, and, you know, it's kind of my favorite thing is like, you know, um, have you failed today? Are you willing to fail today? Are you willing to put yourself out there that you might fail today? See, because without it, um, that seed of greatness that you were born with can't be explored. You have to fail your way there. And there's been a lot of people talk about failure. And there's been books written on failure. And I will just tell you that there is no success without failure. I 100% believe that failure is the multivitamin to your greatness. I believe that to my core. And I love it. I love failing. And it's like it sounds weird to say I love failing because every (laughs) failure creates a teacher to tell me exactly what I need to do tomorrow to get better. That's why it's so exciting. See, when we give a different lens, when we, when we change what failure represents, when we give it a different perspective, when we give it a different lens, and when we make failing exciting, this is where you grow like crazy, man. And it's become so fun. I have a t-shirt saying for us you know. <laughs> as you're talking right there. I'm like, oh, I, you know, I have been so scared to open my mouth about failure for so long because – I, I mean, I believe the same exact thing that you just said and articulating that. So, so, you know, it's like, cause people are so driven by success and sometimes in my head, I'm like, I think I'm kind of driven by failure. Yeah. Well, I can't tell you how many people I know were one step away from a disaster that that's when it happened for them. Really? <laughs> you know, it's like, I was the same. I was so close to, to giving up on my childhood dream and what I couldn't see was 30 days later and 30 days later I got the call back to the major leagues and then I went on to play 15 years like I didn't have that vision then I just had the vision to keep going and thank God I did because if I wouldn't have kept going and I would have walked away at that vulnerable moment that walk away would have left left me to a different destination and what it really tells me is I wouldn't have became who I was supposed to become And by the way, think about that for a second. See, when we shy away, when we're afraid of getting uncomfortable, when we start to have fear, when all these things start to block us, here's what could happen. You could end up somewhere where you weren't supposed to end up. Or worse than that, you never become the person you were supposed to become. Man, I don't want to do that. No, me either. I don't want to become that. and. And and look, it sounds simple. Everything that I'm telling you, you know, and everything that I teach takes no talent. Uh, it, it, it literally everything I teach takes zero talent. Take, it takes no talent, but you still got to go do it, and you got to practice up. it, and you gotta you gotta keep you gotta before you can get you're gonna be bad before you're good, and you're gonna and you're gonna have to get good in order to get great. But it just takes practice, and if people be willing to, to to focus on the long game, get away from the short game, get away with, oh, man, 
it's, it's not working for me in the first week. Might not work for you until the 30th week. <laughs> but yeah. here's what I promise you. If you quit today, it'll never work for you. Yeah. So we got to just keep going. we got to keep practicing. we got to keep getting better. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Oh, I love having you on here. I'm so glad you said yes. Thank well, we'll you so Oh yeah, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna end my disrespect of the time. I apologize, but I kind of respect the time because I just I absolutely just love having you here. I can I um, just really truly grateful. We have so many messages while you've been speaking. I will pass them along to you, um, and I just want to say thank you. And um, I don't I don't feel like this is a, a moment where I'm never going to speak to you again, which is great. No, no, no. <laughs> we all, I hope we'll we can do, do amazing again. things. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be less heavy uh, ending the show because sometimes people are just like, yep, I was on the show and that's it and all that stuff. And then I'm, I feel sometimes like too loyal of a creature for that. Um, so thank yeah. you so much. And um, well, I let hope. Me, let me say to your guest too. It's like, yeah. look, you know, I want, I want you to, I want you to go and pre-order this book, The Observer. Um, and, and I want you to, if you're on Facebook and, and you're listening to the show, I want you to come to Facebook, uh, the observer, modern fable, um, to mastering thoughts and emotions. I want you to come and, and be a part of our free book club. And I want you to come to Todd official and, and at Todd official is they have, we have all the links there. If you want to order on Amazon, great. If you want to go to Barnes and Noble, great. Um, if you want to do bulk orders, you can do bulk orders and get a 35% discount at Porchlight. But we want you to come, and it's like, and I want you to come because I want you to be a part of it. So, for your guests, I don't want it to be the last time you hear me. It's like let's let's connect, let's lock arms. This is this is how change happens, and and uh, you know I'm pursuing movement with this thing, and yeah. and I'm looking for people who want to get pat. And by the way, the book club is we're going to have so much fun in the book club because I'm going to actually go through every chapter, and I'm going to do it through live video. And, and and people can ask questions, and it's going to be cool, and, and it's going to be a hangout, and it's where we get all get to get connected, and 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 I want you to not only come to the book club, but I want you to invite friends and family to the book club, and yep. we'll have a blast together in 2021. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's not going to be painful. But we're, but here's what I would tell you: when you go through pain. It's much more enjoyable going through with a group or with other people <laughs> versus going by yourself. So oh. I want to create a movement. Perfect. And we're there. Um, and we'll all show up for you. So I just absolutely love it. And we'll show up for, for ourselves. And then um, the the one last thing, you know, when you were saying aligned with your values, with your health, your work, your career, your this, your that, and everything, and people list all these values. One of the things that I, I want to leave us with is like I hope people value themselves because mm. no one ever says that. They'll look, people do the same thing, kind of a similar exercise probably, and people list off so many things about what they value, but the, they don't list themselves in the mix. Love it's it. So interesting. Love it. It's kind of like so. every single person, every person, has an opportunity to create value, to lead. Listen, every person was born for their greatness, whatever it is. So go be awesome. I'll mirror what you just said, Elizabeth. We need people to go be awesome. Awesome. Yep. All right, everybody.
Todd. That was I just absolutely am so grateful for you and your beautiful family. Happy birthday, Erica. Happy, 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 happy birthday. <laughs> so right, that's my soulmate. That's my soulmate. Oh, she's cute. Oh, she's she you guys she are awesome. beautiful together. Just absolutely beautiful. So hi Erica. Well, thank, thank you, you she's, for letting us borrow Todd. She's a, <laughs> thank you so much. Yep. She's the most incredible human being. She's just awesome. So yeah, appreciate that. Absolutely. She lights up she lights up the world. So all right. And so do your family pictures. But okay, I'm gonna be quiet now. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You show. And um I hope that you follow Todd Stottlemeyer, purchase the observer, and we will provide links um as a replay to this show and then links to everything, Todd, um, to go with it so that you can find him um aside from his websites and things like that. You'll be able to find him here on Best Ever You. So all right, Todd, thank you very, very much. Everybody you have got a great it. Day. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Take care. All right, be blessed. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You.